0: So we can have confidence. That's what he's saying. You can have confidence that if you go to God and you ask anything, anything that's his will, that he hears you and you have it. So, boy, that just helps me be an always answered asker. All I have to do is ask according to his will, and I'm already an automatic always answered asker. All I have to do is ask according to his will. And that is the great qualifier is, well, it's got to be according to his will. But what that does is that opens up to us every promise that's written down in the Word of God. He wrote down his will. And so all of those promises to me are automatic yeses, automatic, if you ask, you have it, it's yours, I'll do it. It's done. You can just go to the bank on it. You can just relax and, have, and just be confident. He said you can have a confidence about this. Amen. Just ask according to His will. And then in Hebrews 11 verse 6, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, this is the foundation for our asking. This is the foundation scripture for asking. Uh, you're going to have to have faith, and first of all, you're going to have to fa- have faith and and that God is that believe that he is. You're going to have to, if you're in question about, well, is there a God? You're going to have trouble getting your prayers answered. Of course, there's probably not anybody here in church this morning wondering if there is a God. Although people do drift into churches not knowing if there really is a God. But, so you're going to have to know that he is. But it goes a little deeper than that. You're going to have to know, you know, for instance, to get healed, you're going to have to know he is the healer. I mean, we could fill in the bank after know that he is. You know, to to prosper, you're going to have to know that that he is. You're going to have to know the scripture Lawrence read this morning that he became poor, that we might be made rich. If you want to prosper, you're going to have to know he is a prosperer. Amen. It to be delivered, you're gonna have to know that he is a deliverer. You're gonna have to believe that he's the deliverer. You're not you if you can't go to God and expect answered prayer and not knowing if he I don't even I don't know if you'd deliver me, God. You'd have to know that he is. You'd have to know that he is a good God. You'd have to know that he always wants to deliver. You'd have to know that He always wants to heal. Amen? So you have to know that He is. This is our basis for asking. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Or in other words, you have to know He's going to answer before you even go to ask. You have to know He's going to answer. You don't go to prayer wondering if He's going to answer. You go knowing He's going to answer or why don't don't even bother to go. If you don't already know, He's going to answer you. Amen. So you have to know those things. Well, so we've already read. Well, you, when you go, you have to know His will. And you go, well, you know, Debbie, there's a lot of things that I need to pray about that I don't know His will about. Well, that's called. I, I you know, you can you can pray before you ask. You can you can spend time with the Lord. I call it your pre-praying praying or something. Your your pre-prayer praying. Your pre pre-asking praying. You go and you fellowship with the Lord and say, I don't know if I can ask this. I don't know if you want me to ask this. I was, you know, Brother Copeland told about this. The last day that Leroy Thompson was on, that's been a while ago, back in January, but the very last day that Leroy Thompson was with Brother Copeland, Brother Copeland got over there in the spirit and talking about uh, their, the house that they built. And it, there was, uh, no, no, I will take that back. It wasn't Leroy Thompson. It was when... uh Hilton Sutton was with him. I got that that wrong. When Hilton Sutton was with Brother Copeland, the last day, Brother Copeland got over in the spirit talking about the house they built. Now, he talked about how Miss Gloria had had this house that they built in her spirit for 30 years. She planned that house. She fellowshipped with the Lord about that house. She he said she would draw on plans on the weekend, and she meditated this house. Now, they built a the house about three years ago out at Eagle Mountain Lake, and it's 28,000 square feet. I mean, Jesse and Kathy have a bedroom that only Jesse and Kathy can stay in, in that house. Nobody, they have other guest rooms, but they got special room just for Jesse and Kathy Duplantis. And, <laughs> and they have their studio there. I mean, it's not, you know, and they have need of that, that big a house. And, uh, but anyway, said uh, Gloria fellowshiped with the Lord about this for 30 years. But he said, he heard her pray. And she said, Lord, I won't even ask you for this if you don't want me to have this. If this is not your will... I'm not going to ask you for it. And she said, I won't ever say another word about it if you tell me that this is not your will. And you know, that's the attitude we got to have. Amen? we got to go to God about some things, and we've got to ask Him about His will. Now we don't have to ask his will about is it your will to save my daughter? Is it your will to we know it's always his will to save. We don't even have to ask his will, is it your is it your will to baptize these people in the Holy Ghost? Of course it's his will. We don't have time to look up all these scriptures. We don't even have to ask him if it's will, if it's his will for us to prosper. But you know it's not always God's will for us to move. It's not always God's will for us to do other things. Uh Buy a car, it's not always His will. And we have to take the time to fellowship with the Lord and find out His will. You know, John 15 says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will. But see, it's all based on relationships. See, we abide in Him and we know Him and He's talking to us and we've got His Word in us. And so when we've got relationship like that and we've developed relationship, we'll know what to ask and we'll, we'll be asking according to His will. Yeah. Amen. And we'll have conversations with Him like, Lord, you know, I've got this desire for this car or I've got this desire for this thing and, and, but I don't want it if you don't want me to have it. So I'm talking, I mean, I don't want it. I don't even want to think about it. Lord, help me with this. I need to know your will on this particular thing in my life. Lord, I have this job offer, but I'm not going to take it if I don't know that it's your will. Amen? And so we're fellowshipping with the Lord. We're finding out His will. Uh, Turn to, this is so wonderful, turn to Luke chapter 11. And so we need to know our our Father. We need to have a relationship with Jesus, and we'll know His will. I love Luke chapter 11. God's just brought it back to me. It's just been back in my heart big for about two months now. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. And this is so powerful. He said, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If you understand this scripture, you un- this is very, very powerful. When he says, Everyone that asketh, receiveth. That's what he said there in verse 10. Everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone that asketh receiveth. See, some of you might have been asking and you don't really know that you've received yet, but I want to tell you today, you asked and you've already received everyone that asketh receiveth everyone that seeketh finds and everyone that knocketh it's opened unto them now see we've concentrated more on the verses before that in verse and so we've not gleaned all the power out of verses nine and ten because we've so concentrated on five through eight and I want to read those now and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble be not. The door is now shut. and My children are with me in bed, cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Well, we've had a lot of Teaching it seems like in the body of Christ on this little passage from verse five through eight, not as much emphasis on when we ask we always receive, but in we 've been told that you know that this this person you know because of their just I mean, they're just, they're just persistent. In fact, the New King James Bible translates that word importunity, persistence, which let me tell you right now, I like a New King James. I, that's what I read by my bed, but that's wrong. That's the wrong translation but that because because we've been taught it's just those people even the amplified says those that knock and keep on knocking those that seek and keep on seeking those that and we've been just taught that if we'll just hammer and hammer and hammer and knock and knock and knock and and pray and pray and pray and pray and knock and knock that finally God will answer isn't that what we've been taught but that word doesn't mean that When you look up importunity in the Strong's Concordance, it gives a one-word translation. A lot of times he'll give you bunches of words in Strong's. He gives a one-word translation in Strong's, and it's impudence. I-M-P-U-D-E-N-C-E. Impudence. And impudence means cocky boldness. It means assurance. It means assurance accompanied by a disregard for the opinions of others. It means shameless, shameless forwardness, offensively bold. It doesn't mean, oh, oh, begging, begging, begging God, begging, begging. No, it's a a cocky boldness. it's offensively bold it's got total disregard to what anybody around them might think well um i've told this story before but i'm gonna tell it again (coughs) because it'll help you but i wanted to pool all my life i wanted to when i was a little girl and uh I've always, I would like to have had a pool when my kids were growing up, but I wasn't offensively bold. And, uh, but when I got to Alabama, something changed about me. You know, faith is catching. It's catching. And I got around some people and I got, I caught something. It's not just what taught, it's what's taught, it's what's caught. And I caught something. And so, um, you know, uh I knew I, I had to have a basis for this from the word, and I knew it's God's will to prosper us. You know, and I knew that He does that that He He says uh He wants to give us freely all things to enjoy. This was something I would enjoy. He wants to give us those things freely. So I knew I had a basis in the Word of God that I wasn't gonna be asking against His will. But I went to God and I and and see. And this offends people. And when I tell this story, it offends people. Because the scripture I used to get my pool was in Acts where it says, uh, no respect, God is no respecter of persons. And I told God, I said, Lawrence and Kathleen got a pool. And you're no respecter of persons. Now see, that offends people because I used that scripture, but I got my pool because that's cocky boldness. Yeah. Now, I wasn't wishing their pool away with them, from them. And I could have used somebody besides, I could have used Pastor Webb. I mean, he had a pool, he doesn't now, but he moved to a different house. But he had a pool, I could have used him. I could have used several people I know to say they're Christians, they got a pool. and, And, you know, but that offends people. See, it wouldn't offend them if I said that I went and I cried and I said, Oh, God, you give me the desires of my heart. And, oh, God, and you see, that doesn't offend Christians for you to pray like that but for you to say that you just walked up to God and say bless God Clarence and Kathleen got a pool you're no respecter of persons I want one See now that's cocky boldness. But I don't tell you, people that get things aren't the ones, oh God, I just pray, oh Father, oh, you see the desires of my heart. You know, oh God, how this would bless. You know, oh God, oh, hallelujah. Oh, this would help my children. This would help my grandchildren. Oh, God, this would knit us together as a family. Although it has it does those things because they come over. You know, you can get your kids to your house one way or another you can put a pool in; it'll bring them over hallelujah you want your kids over maybe you ought to install something hallelujah or start cooking or something they'll come for that too Amen. hallelujah hallelujah but see that don't offend the body of christ but that cocky boldness it offends it's offensive but if you want to be an always answered asker you need to get the right translation of this scripture and you need to start getting bold, offensively bold. See, God's not offended by it. God's not offended by it. Now, I'm not. this is not a license to say, oh, I want a red Cadillac, I want a red Cadillac, I want a red... And we're not talking about that because you got a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And find out, you know, the will of God for your life. Though I found that when I fellowshiped with the Holy Spirit, three times, three times, he's talked to me about a car. I didn't have to talk to him. Now, we sold a paid-for Suburban when we were in West Texas. And we sold it to keep the church afloat. And we bought and took up a, a... Sometimes you need the cash and you can make a payment, you know. And so we bought a little used Cavalier. Oh Jesus help me. How many? You know it's so it's so nice to drive up to a faith church and preach the prosperity message in a cavalier. Amen. I I mean, a used one that somebody had smoked in. Oh mm, 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 Jesus. And you know they fumigate them, but they can't fix it. And uh <laughs> so after about three years of that or it was paid for we got it paid for and it don't take long to pay for that as long as it does well the holy spirit said to me he while well, i was fellowshipping one day and he said he said i want you to believe me for a new car by the end of february and this was in january and so see he told me to ask you know you you'd think well god would just give it to her but no he said ask He wants you to ask. And if you'll fellowship with him, he'll talk to you about some things to ask for. He likes things. Now, he talks to me about spiritual things to ask for, too. But he talks to me about material things to ask for. So I asked him, and by about five, actually, it took my faith a little longer. Uh, Maybe it took me a little long to respond. I don't know. It was about five days into March before I got my new car. And so I got that car. And then in 94, 93, excuse me, 93, in the summer of 93, the Lord said, time to believe me for a new car. I'm I'm praying, I'm sitting on the front porch, I can still remember where I'm at. Time to believe me for a new car. So I said, okay, Father, I believe you for a new car. I wasn't even particularly wanting one, but he said, it's time. He knows when it's time. So, uh, and we bought the first new, new, brand new car we'd had a long time. And God always has to work a supernatural deal because there wasn't any way in the natural, but God worked a deal. In fact, got turned down at the bank, went to the bank and asked them to borrow, borrow the money, borrow the car, and they said no. And the Lord gave me a scripture in Nehemiah, Nehemiah 2 8, said, said, it's not, it's according to the good hand of God upon you. It's not according to what that, you know, it's, that scripture says something to that effect. The king granted him according to the good hand of God upon me. I knew I was going to get that car. So I got a new black uh, Chrysler Fifth Avenue. And we took Eric to school in it. And his junior high friends said he rode up in a limousine because it was black and you know it looked kind of like a limousine but it wasn't and uh, <laughs> so anyway you know then we lived in Trustville I'm walking around the garage praying I was out in the garage just walking around praying one day the Lord said I want you to believe me for a Lexus now see some you oh that now that backed you up no but he did I didn't want a Lexus a girl in our church in West Texas got a Lexus and, and she had heated seats and a CD changer and this is way back when they first came out I thought what in the world would you want one of those for and she to go all the way to dallas to get her car you couldn't buy a lexus in west texas at that time she had to go to dallas to buy that car and you know i was like what in the world would you want one for and i didn't want one but the lord said i want you to believe me for one see he'll tell you that we were driving we were fixing to move to tuscaloosa and we were driving to texas to preach and uh We're driving along, and we're listening to Cindy and Bruce Black on a CD, listening to their their singing, and the Holy Spirit spoke up to my heart, and he said, I want you to believe me for a new house. And I knew we were going to move to Tuscaloosa. I already knew we was getting a house of some kind. He said, I want you to believe me for a new house. Now, you think, well, that's you know, that's really not unusual. But from where I came from, nobody in our family had ever had a brand new house. Not one person had ever had a brand new house, ever. We didn't think in new house terms. Sometimes, you know, a new house can be cheaper than an old one, but we'd still, we would have thought if there were two sitting there and the same price, we'd have thought, well, we have to have the old. Because, see, we had that mentality. The Lord spoke to me. As you fellowship with the Lord, He'll tell you what to believe for you don't have to worry about this a whole lot. Amen. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He'll do like he told Lawrence. Start speaking to the... Start speaking to your fi- grace, to your finances. Start calling in. Start calling in. He'll t- he'll start talking to you about how to believe him. Because he wants you. He wants to answer you. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. Amen. So we have that cocky bonus. You know... Um. If you want to prosper, Mark ten thirty promises you you're going to be persecuted. You want to prosper, especially you want to prosper the Bible way by believing God. Now you can go out and uh, you can go out and um, deal drugs, and you won't get persecuted for it. You may go with pen, but you won't get persecuted. But. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm not advocating you do that. Understand? Uh, uh, hallelujah! We are not wanting a jail ministry in this church <laughs> to you. <laughs> hallelujah! We want a jail ministry, but not to you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But anyway, uh, Mark 10:30 promises: if you prosper according to the word of God and you believe God for your prosperity, you'll get persecution for it. But see, you got to get you got to have importunity. You've got to be impudent. You've got to have no regard. If you want to prosper, you want to be an always answered asker, you want to get out there and get some bold stuff done to God, for God, you've got to have no regard for what other people think. Amen? Amen. God don't care what they think. See, you think, sometimes the devil tells us, because I know because he's told me, well, now you you don't want to offend anybody because you could win more people to the Lord if you don't really have anything. And you don't want to offend anybody. But Jesus never cared a lick whether he offended anybody or not. Amen? Now that don't mean we're ugly to people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you shouldn't care a lick if you offend people in your faith by using your faith, by being an always answered asker. The next thing that you have some, another tip I want to give you today is you've got to understand, this one's so important, you've got to understand that a delay is not denial. You've got to understand that delay is not denial. Turn to Daniel chapter 3, excuse me, Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. And we're just. this is going to be my last uh, point, although I've got seven. I'm going to stop on this one today, this morning. I, you know, I was practicing this morning. So we, I practice preaching sometimes, and especially when I'm going to do Sunday morning, I practice. And so I was practicing, and when I got past two, I knew I wasn't going. I thought, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to go past number two. Hallelujah. So number two we're going to do, though. Now, Daniel <clears throat> chapter 9, verse 3. And Daniel, I've never, ever been read this scripture. Now, you, 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 I don't think you have either. I believe you've been read chapter 10, but I don't think you've ever been read chapter 9. Look at chapter 9, and it says, verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication. Now, supplication is asking. It's not just prayer can be several different kinds of prayer. It can be praise, it can be confession, it can be repentance, it can be a lot of things, but supplication is asking. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And look at verse uh, 16, drop to 16, because from 3 to, uh, down to 16, Daniel's praying, but all he's doing is, 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 uh, acknowledging who God is, confessing the goodness of God, and he's repenting. And then in verse 16, he begins his supplication. It says, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear And hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name, for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do, defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my My God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I have seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Right here, what it says is that from the moment that Daniel began to supplicate and ask God, at that very moment God answered, God dispatched Gabriel, and he came immediately. Now, I want, who has a watch with a timer on it? I mean a second hand. Who has a second hand? You got a second hand? Can you time me? Okay, I'm going to start in verse 16 because that's when he started supplicating. I want you to time me, okay? Okay, I want you to... Get this, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach and to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O God, incline thine ear and hear, open my eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. How long? 50 seconds. God answered in 50 seconds. In 50 seconds, after Daniel prayed, with when he started praying, God had Gabriel standing in His presence with the answer. Now you've never been taught that. You've been taught verse 10, chapter 10. Let's look at chapter 10. Hallelujah. Chapter 10, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Drop down to verse 11. He begins to he begins to tell, and he said to me. And he said to me, "O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent." And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. I, I couldn't read all three frill weeks worth of prayers, but anyway, verse twelve. Then he then said he unto me, "Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief angels, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So, in in chapter nine, Daniel gets answered in eleven seconds. But in chapter 10, it takes 21 days. But yet, it says that just like in chapter 9, God, as soon as he started praying, God dispatched the answer. In chapter 10, as soon as Daniel started praying, God dispatched the answer. We see a pattern here. That when he prays, God dispatches the answers. When we pray, God answers immediately. We're not waiting on God to answer God answers immediately, but something interfered in one prayer and didn't interfere in the other prayer. Well, we know it was a demon spirit. It was demons that interfered. He had demonic opposition that opposed him for 21 days. So much demonic opposition that we had to have reinforcements come in. Michael, the chief angel, had to come. And, you know, that happens to us today as we pray. Now, uh, angel, I mean, excuse me, demons are angels too, but demons do not reproduce. So, however many there are, and we're not sure how many there are, there's never going to be any more. There's no more now than there was then. And you know, there was a lot per person then. Because there wasn't as many people, but now how many we got, what, 16 billion or something people on the earth? They're getting, they're they're overworked and they're short-handed. <laughs> There's not enough to go around anymore. Amen. And you know, sometimes we pray prayers and there's not a demon around. We get a quick answer. But sometimes there's demonic opposition for our prayers and we have to do some standing. But delays don't mean that God has not answered. In fact, the truth is that as soon as you pray for healing or anything, you are, it is given immediately immediately the problem though that you may not understand it's not a problem but if you it is a problem if you don't understand it is that god doesn't god puts it in the spirit realm it exists in the spirit realm god when you pray for healing god deposits healing immediately when you ask into your spirit man it's in your spirit and tonight, I can't get to all these things tonight, but I'm going to finish this tonight. And tonight I'm going to talk about how it's your responsibility, not God's, to get the manifestation from your spirit to your physical body. It's your responsibility. I'm going to tell you how to do it, and it's your responsibility to do it. God gives immediately. He doesn't withhold from anybody. If you want to be an always answered asker, you're going to have to know this, because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to give up. You'll stop before the answer comes. Daniel could have give up in 21 days, couldn't he? I mean, he was pouring it on. He was was pouring it on more than you and I do. He put on the sackcloth. How many of you ever put on sackcloth to pray? That means you put on a burlap sack. That feels real good, you know. Have you all ever felt, does everybody know what burlap feels like? Ooh, that's itchy. And we know we don't do that in the New Testament. Uh, You know, he he fasted. I mean, he was pouring it on, and he had opposition for 21 days. But the fact is, he didn't give up, and he got a tremendous answer from the Lord. Just because he didn't give up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, delays are going to happen as you pray delays you know when you pray for something that involves someone else it's always going to be a delay you know when i pray for healing god gives it to me immediately it's just between me and him he puts it in my spirit and if i have an understanding of how to get it from my spirit out into the manifest manifest and i can increase that you know and i can i I can get where i can start manifesting healing fast amen um but when I start praying things that involve other people, like if I start saying, Father, I'm asking you for a raise. And you may have fellowshiped with the Holy Ghost. You may, he may have even said to you, He may have woke you up in the night and said, ask me for a raise. And you know, but, but when you ask for a raise, guess what? There's somebody else involved, but some other person involved besides you and God. It's not just you and God, because you got a boss And God's got to do something with him. And you know, if you work for a big corporation, it's not just one man that's got to decide for you to get a raise. I mean, with Lawrence, there's got to be union meetings and and, uh, I don't know what all they have to go through. But I mean, it, it, we gotta go to people that live in other towns. We gotta move. We, but God can do that. I'm not saying He can't. But you ought not to be surprised when you have a, you say, God, I need a raise. You're gonna have to stand. It's going and, and it's that way with anything that you pray for that somebody else is involved in. There's gonna be a delay. You shouldn't be surprised. You should be prepared to stand a while. Hallelujah. But if you fellowship with the Lord and you know it's His will, hallelujah. He's going to get you a raise if He has to give you a new job to get it. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, we, we were going to have delays where that's concerned because uh, it's not just between you and God. And then sometimes we get delays because there's demonic opposition to our prayer. Did you ever pray for one of your kids or something? And uh, you know, sometimes we got to stand because there's something fighting it. And then sometimes we pray prayers and it's like, wow. Now we all like those. I like those. But you know, if we're going to be always answered askers, we got to get both kinds going we got to get both kinds of praying. Amen. I'm going to finish this tonight. I don't have time this morning, but I want to tell you, you can be an always answered asker. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of stuff. Four, let me see, three, four, and four is really good, and five, and six is really good, and seven is great, too. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that at six o'clock tonight. Amen. Let's stand up together. Because, see, you know, I couldn't tell, Pastor, I kept y'all past twelve. I just wouldn't...